0: from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game.
1: College Promoters USA. Founded and located in San Antonio. Operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA. The best investment a parent can make in their high school student athletes.
0: Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA, our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. Located here in San Antonio, Texas. For those of you who are local, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center you can also find them on social media at on twitter at sat at satx recruiting sorry uh, you can also find them on instagram at college promoters usa and you can also find them on their website at collegepromotersusa.com my next guest a little bit of a history here for the 5050 uh, podcast as uh, a groundbreaking episode today as we have our our very first uh, coach who is Standing up a brand new program and the very first coach in the history of Tarleton State, the Texans. He is Coach Pete Cuadrado. Coach, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you for having
0: me. Uh, excited to have you here today. Uh, um, we appreciate your time. We're excited to kind of go in all kinds of directions here with you. I, this one was a little different because I was like, "Man, where do I? You know, where do I begin? New program, all kinds of different things that we can ask. But then there's, but then you also have to alter your questions a little bit because you know it's not like you have the uh the existing quote-unquote assembly line already there right you're 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 creating it so which is awesome but it's also stuff that's kind of already unfolding and happening so all right coach so before we dive in we start asking you uh all kinds of questions give us a little, just briefly for for our listeners here kind of where you've been and how you got here
2: yeah well i grew up in texas i was born in new orleans but I grew up in texas so um, that's part of the appeal for this job is for me as well, selfishly. But, um, I played at TCU way back in the day. Uh, when I got done there, I played a year in Chicago, uh, semi-pro got to a level where you realize you just can't make it anymore. And, uh, so uh, thankfully a a coach that I had uh, played for contacted me about working at Valparaiso and working on the women's side. And, and I went there, had a great experience. Um, but it was a part, it was, Part-time that I made full-time, obviously. I mean, that's kind of part of the profession, yeah. as you know. Uh, then I got a full-time job at Illinois State, who was a very established top 25, top 50 program back when um, uh, before I was there and when I was there. And um, so I had that opportunity. And then, you know, one day, uh, I'd been there two, two and a half years, and one day uh, the head coach comes in and says, hey, North Dakota State wants you to be their head coach. And my exact words were, I'm not moving to North Dakota, no way. Um, famous last words end up the head coach there. And then I'm right. telling myself, you know, that's how it works, right? right. And then I tell right. myself, I'm going to be there two, three, four years, and I'm going to move south because I, I I grew up in the south. And um, I met my wife there. She has her PhD in education, was a professor and was there nine and a half years. I uh, had a great experience. Honestly, I got into something uh, better than I knew I was getting into when I took the job. And um, we had looked around a ton, but never thought I was leaving because she was born and raised there. And one day I came home and, and I told her Wyoming called and she's like, I love Wyoming and, and no offense to anyone out there, but I was like, who says that, you know? Um, so I ended up interviewing in Wyoming. And, and to be honest, it was a great, uh, it was a great move for me. We took that job and I was there another nine years. And, um, my wife called me and, and, and told me about this job. and And I said, you know, I said, honey, they don't, you know, they're starting a program, but they're D2. And then she called me back and she, because we'd always want, kind of had a plan of moving back South. And she calls me back that same day and is like, no, they're moving D1. And so that's where it all started. Um, you know, but it's, it's been a great experience and definitely um, excited to be here. So it's just been a blast.
0: So it was the wife first informing you that they were making the move to D1. Is that right? <laughs> Correct.
2: Correct. I, I mean, I feel like she's my agent. Uh, she's definitely the brand hey. of the operation. Yeah. So...
0: There you go, there you go. So, and I can't say I I would agree with you. No offense, but having been uh, having coached at the Air Force Academy in that same conference with Wyoming, I would probably have said the same thing as who says who says that regarding Wyoming. But yeah. So now, for our listeners that may have kind of kind of done that head nod there when you said that breakdown for them you said you played at tcu right so mm-hmm. this younger generation they're not going to be aware of that whatsoever they was like i thought they only had a women's program so tell That's us true. what was that like what do you recall because i'm pretty sure you had to have been part of that last group right
2: yeah um i started up where the track is now at the top of the hill for those that know campus um that used to be our soccer field back in the day and again I'm, I'm a little bit older um and that was 99, I believe. We were, and I think we were in three different conferences when I was there. We're in the Mountain West, the WAC, and I believe Conference USA for maybe a year at the most. Um, we bounced around quite a bit during my career. Um, but yeah, the, uh, my senior year, we got to move down to that lower field where it is today, where the women's program plays. Uh, and it was obviously a huge upgrade for us. And I graduated in 2000. I believe it was 2001 was their last season with the men's program. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it was a great experience. Um, I love my time there. I'm a proud alum. I'm still wearing purple and you know, I'm an hour away. So I get to, get to follow them quite a bit. And Eric's a great guy and has done a great job with their program as well. Um, and, and I, and to this day, I don't want to play him ever again because I'm one and against him. Um, so I, I kind of want to keep my, my, my result and just walk away happy there. Um, cause he's done such a good job. Right.
0: Well, and you know, uh, full disclosure for our, for our listeners, I'm going to kind of let them peek behind the curtains here, you and I offline, we were talking about, I was telling them about how, uh, you know, how a little, little bear looks in the office back there behind, you No trophies. Right. And then I love the answer that you gave. It's like, Hey, I don't want to put up old trophies. I'm here to win new ones. And, uh, we, let's see if maybe that, that 50, 50 podcast, uh, good luck charm can help you out there coach. So, cause we tend to kind of rub off, uh, in a good way on people. So wish you, uh, wish you the absolute best. Hopefully next time we have you on, you've got some, you got some hardware back there behind you. So I'm in, I'm in, let's yeah. do it. All right. <laughs> so, all right, coach. So tell us in this time. So I know if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was June. You might need to check me on this, but June 23rd, 2021, somewhere right around there. You kind of go public with it, right? Obviously there had already been a press release, but now, you know, the, the, the website is up the Twitter, you know, the Twitter account is live. So from then to now, what have you found in terms of plus your your coaching staff, building your coaching staff as well, but you're starting it all from scratch, right? So there are no there is no crop of incoming recruit incoming recruits. There is no group of existing players. So what has been maybe what have you found to be the hardest and also maybe the best part of starting a new program?
2: Yeah, great question. I mean, I think the thing that's been um hardest has also been the easiest part, the fact that we are new everything's new, you know, everything's brand new. Our facility's brand new. I mean, literally everything's brand new. So I think the, the best part about it is when we've contacted recruits, you know, right away, they know right away, do you want to be part of building something or do you not? And I think it's very, it's almost a lot more black and white than probably any other year that I've recruited, uh, believe it or not. So, you know, and I, in fact, I'll never forget that um, we were sitting at dinner with the recruit and her family and her dad played division one men's soccer And he said, you know, you think you're going to be you think you're going to win the conference that your first year? And I'm like, probably not was my exact my exact answer. And I said, it's my goal. But I mean, we've got 16 freshmen signed. We've got right now five transfers back then less, Um, you know, and unfortunately we have, you know, roughly, as you know, 10, maybe 14 days to get a team ready to play games. I mean, it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, tr- trial by fire and learning on the fly kind of thing as we're going through this whole process. I said, but you look at it as glass half empty or glass half full, right. you know, and, and you don't take this job looking at it at the glass half empty. I'm, I told him, what's it going to look like a year down the road when players are playing and playing together and we have consistency in our program? Um, that's exciting to me. Uh, what's it look like with the president that's made an insane commitment to our athletic department? Um, to supporting us, to getting, getting us facilities, to getting us resources that we need to be successful, to putting us in the whack. Um, Everything that that he's provided has been over the top. Um, so that's been, it's been very fun. Um, but when I started, I didn't know what type of recruits we'd get. You know, I think um, today having 21 players signed with our program, um, it's better than I thought it would be at this point in in, in this build. Um, having a uh, you know, being able to hire an assistant already, again, is better than I thought it would be. Um, Rex Carroll, my assistant, started, I mean, he started middle of July. So he finished up with a WPSL team in Omaha, and he made his way down here. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he had a family trip planned a week later, and then he was here. So he flew straight from Jamaica to here. Um, nice. A great story about that is I pick him up at DFW Airport, drive him here. He takes a recruiting test. We drive back to the airport and fly to Surf Cup recruiting. So nice. um he said, anything I need to know? And I'm like, don't fail the test because we already have plane tickets bought. So, um, you know, and he aced it in his defense. So he did a great job. But um, that's been real helpful. I mean, getting off to a solid start in this build and having what we need um, has been really, really helpful. I think it's given us a great uh, a great leg up to do what we need to do going forward. You know, I had some experience similarly, but different. When I took over North Dakota State, we would announced we were going D1 but my first year we were still D2 so i've been through the transition but again i walked into a program that had 20 something players right. on roster right. um, so that's different still but a little bit of experience in that
0: yeah so. so take us through that maybe not the first day on the job but maybe you're you're kind of trying to look okay how do i where do i begin in terms of the recruiting right cuz cuz obviously you want to go in so many different directions simultaneously but how did you how did you come to formulate your your plan in terms of just the the you know the the recruiting direction i guess
2: sure i mean i think the first hour i probably spent sitting in the corner crying maybe um like just overwhelmed you know um right. after that i think i came to my desk and honestly just sat down and started making a list um you know it, in this profession um you know your your family doesn't get to move with you you know i remember the first time i took a new job um we had made the decision like as far as head coaching and with a family, with a wife. And now I have a 12 year old daughter, but um, I came home and I, and my wife was a professor, like I mentioned. And she said, so did you turn in your two weeks today? And I said, no, honey, I'm leaving Friday. And this was Wednesday. And she was like, what, you know, and, and thankfully I have a, a super supportive wife and, You know, she's always been great at selling our house, packing the home, moving, taking care of our dog. I mean, all of that and just saying, go get what you need to get done. So again, I I came here and, you know, I I remember I don't know what day or times it was, um, but you just make a list and you start grinding through that list and um, there probably wasn't a day the first month I was here that I left before eight or nine at night. You know, thankfully I'm living about a block away in the dorms. which we have very nice dorms. I found out I was a little intimidated walking in and then I'm like, oh, this is nice. Um, so I'll, I'll plug that. We have beautiful dorms. But, um, uh, you know, it, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see the day light quite a, for quite a few days, because that's that's how you have to tackle anything like that. That's overwhelming right. is to start making lists and start at the top. And, you know, I think when we got out recruiting, you just you're getting your name out really the first two, three months. Um, you know, there were a couple of, I, I would say, recruits that were interested in us off, right off the bat. Obviously, go check them out, and we got a few people signed there. Starting to set up some ID camps, and we've run probably 400 plus student athletes through ID camps and signed some of those as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but really getting out and, and spreading the word. And once we started evaluating people, it, then it just became kind of old habits, really.
0: And you guys have done, you know, I got to say, you all have done a great job collectively. You and Rex, I know, especially and on the social, you know, on the social media front as well, just getting that word out there. Being aggressive and and kind of banging the drum and telling your story, which which helps, it helps significantly. Um, so you mentioned so 21, 21 current players signed. Are any of them? Is it maybe the transfers? Any of them on campus already?
2: Yeah, good question. Uh, we asked the NCAA if we could scholarship people this spring. We're not allowed to. since we don't have a program, Um, but we do have one on campus. She transferred in from SFA, from Stephen F. Austin, Macy Johnson, um, which has been interesting as well because we also, I mean, right now we're doing a lot of individuals with her. She's lifting, she's conditioning, and literally a one-man show um, as far as, you know, the work that she's putting in right now. And I already told her, I'm like, if you have a bad touch next fall, I'm like, you're not allowed to, because I mean you spend so much time with Rex and I doing individual work. And I mean, she's getting an insane amount of touches every day on the ball. So yeah. um so she's not allowed to play poorly, have a bad game, have a bad touch. Um she's gotta she's gotta carry the load of what we've done this spring because uh, she's been getting after it. But one right now, and then quite a few, obviously, that'll be joining us. Okay.
0: No pressure, no pressure on her on the young lady, right? At so all. yeah. So so how have you got how have you all talked about tackling your Maybe you're implementing, you're developing, obviously, the, the philosophy piece, your the culture, team culture implementation, which is probably you're kind of at the advantage of you know what's coming in, but you kind of have the time to, I guess, hone that, tweak that a little bit and get it ready along with the core values. How have you all tackled that in anticipation of what you have coming in?
2: Well, it's, it's a two-part thing, right? Some of it's going to be my history of what I've done, that I've seen work, that I've had success with you know, and some of those are like, like you said, the core values and things like that. But, you know, I had a dad ask me, like, why have I been successful? And to be honest, a lot of that is you hold people accountable, you set high standards. um, And and really, there's no shortcut for the work and for the grind of it day in, day out. And then the other piece of that is recruiting. You know, I think we put in the time and energy, as you mentioned, to recruiting. Um, You know, I think we we're, we're a lot, we're out a lot right now, um, all over the country, even into Canada. I mean, we'll be in a can- Canada next month as well. Um, hitting those connections, you know, um, and then also when it comes to recruiting, recruiting the right people, there's fits for program, uh, for programs. And thankfully, I mean, thankfully I've been a D1 head coach for 18, 19 seasons. Um, you know, I, I've done a lot of homework and, uh, the, the student athletes we have transferring in, I, I trust they're good people and good players both. And I think that's important. As you mentioned, I don't think you can make a mistake on that when you're trying to build the culture, you know, and I feel good about the group we have, the incoming freshmen. I think we have a lot of good people that will really set a tone for what we want to do in the classroom, for what we want to do off the field um, and what we want to do on the field. And I do believe if you get responsible young adults off the field, that translates to on the field because there's times where we may not be prepared for what another team throws at us. You know, one thing I always remind our team is the other team has coaches too, you know, um, and don't forget that. So they're, they're trying to figure out ways to beat us just as much as we're trying to figure that out. And at times we have to change things on the fly or adjust on the fly or make tweaks, you know, and if you can handle that stuff off the field, it's not that big a deal on the field. Um and I, and I like the group we have, I really do. I think it's going to be enjoyable to coach them. Um, I think Tarleton was their first choices for those 21, uh, student athletes that are coming
0: in. Awesome. Now, now when you're, when you're the new guy, right, it's already hard enough in terms of on the, being on the recruiting trail and trying to ensure that you're, you're trying to find, like you can attest to the right fit in terms of you as a coach, your coaching staff and your program. But as you're trying to get to know these, you know, these young student athletes in terms of ensuring that your institution is obviously academically the right fit, socially the right fit for them. Um, it's already hard enough when you're the new guy, right? the new coaching staff. Now what about did you find it to be even harder with the fact that you're also you're it's it's from scratch? you're standing up the program completely or as far as being able to ascertain what's the right fit here for for everybody?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't think so as much. I think um, our university really does sell itself and I know every coach says that. Um, but it's it's what attracted me here, you know um what I'm selling to recruits is what is why I came here you know um honestly I won't say where but I've talked to quite a few schools in the state of Texas or across the south in the past in my career and and it wasn't the right fit for me um and what what sold me on this place is you know we're one of the fastest growing schools in the country um our funding is there we have competitive people that want to win I work for unbelievable people um, I can go sit in my boss, boss's office and vent or I can also go sit in there and tell him, Hey, this is what we need. And he's like, let me work on it. And and, you know, 99% of the time so far, it's been like, this is how we're going to get there. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a fun experience for me and our dorms are amazing. Our new facility is amazing. I mean, I texted to friends of mine, pictures that are D1 sitting D1 head coaches. And they're like, you know, I can't use some of the language they've responded within text messages, but they're like, that's amazing. You know, that's unbelievable for a first year program. Um, you know, so what we have, I think, shows in the commitment level that we're making. And you look across the board, our sports. I mean, our football team had the highest attendance in WAC history at one of the games this year, or this year, maybe I think it was for the for this past season in the WAC. And we're expanding our stadium um, starting this summer. Baseball, softball have a ton of renovations done. Tennis looks great. Basketball, we're building a new facility. I mean, it, it's it's pretty unbelievable of what's happening here. So so that and and the whole university is going through that same. Um, expansion. And I, and I jokingly say everybody and their brother is going to want to be here in two, three years, you know, they really will. And um, so when people come, they see that. And I think that helps kind of cross that bridge. You know, again, I take, I, it's been exciting for me. It's been fun. Um, you know, everything's brand new. I mean, right now we're ordering shoes for next year and gear. And, you know, I make a joke with our Nike rep, like, Hey, if we don't get it by August first, we can't use last year's stuff.
0: You know, so I'm a I'm a size 11 coach. In case you're wondering, yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. So there's plenty of those. It's always the women's sizes from like seven to ten. there's never yeah. any. So, yeah. um, but you know, again, it's just it's exciting, and I think that's that's been my attitude going through this entire thing. It's the attitude of everybody in the department, um, and it's just fun to be a part of it. Really,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, I remember it's funny when I think of. Tarleton, I remember having this conversation with my wife back in, so back in 2014, I was still active duty, had just left the Air Force Academy, was at, uh, stationed at Dias Air Force Base there in Abilene, and, you know, we're looking at schools in the area, different programs, and I remember her asking me about, specifically about Tarleton, right, And and she asked me, it's like, why do they, why don't they have a you know, women's soccer program. And I, I just, you know, I had no response for that. I was just like, you know, that's a great question. A great question. Because at the time, obviously, they were D2 as well in the conference, very highly competitive D2 conference. Um, so, yeah, so it's, I can definitely attest that I've seen that growth just from then to now and just the the ambition of, of the school, not just the athletic department, but the school. So, yeah, I, I can attest to that. So that's definitely kudos to everybody there.
2: And I went through the same thing. I mean, when I first got down here, one of the first things I did is I, I was real good friends with the last Baylor staff, Paul and Chuck and all those guys, because um, they're all Chicago guys. And, you know, I got to spend a little bit of time playing in Chicago and and um, and I went down to their ID camp. And I remember we were sitting in between sessions and and Paul said, so what's the hardest thing? And I said, just telling people Tarleton has a program and telling people the story of Tarleton and all that stuff. And I was like, people don't know Tarleton. You know, right. because we live in a soccer world, and I remember Paul looking at me and he goes, "People know Tarleton around here," and I was like, "And that kind of gave me like, all right, we're going to be okay here." You know, and, I, and I'll never forget that. And he probably doesn't remember it, but um, just the fact that he would, he, I mean, he was dead sold on people know it, and, and that's what I found to be very true. And obviously, I've been gone for fifteen, you know, eighteen years, um, but yeah, it's 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 been. You get out there and people are excited. It's amazing yeah. how many people stop me when we're out recruiting.
0: Yeah, and for our listeners, coach, not just across the state, but, you know, we kind of we have, you know, listeners across the country as well. Tell tell them tell us a little bit. Just first of all, tell us where is Tarleton located? Kind of give us a visual on the map here.
2: Yeah, we're about an hour southwest of Fort Worth, probably west south, if you want to go that way. Um, of Fort Worth. It takes me about an hour to get into Fort Worth. So uh, what is it, 20 miles? Uh, if you go straight north, 20 miles you run into the major freeway that goes into Dallas-Fort Worth. So, um, but yeah, we're about an hour outside
0: of, of Fort Worth. Okay. And so for our, you know, whether it be parents, no, no, no. Attend, you uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, prospective student athletes, whatever, right? Other coaches, they they want to know about more. You know, you're talking about that hardest part about just, you know, why Tarleton? What What's Tarleton about? You know, why should, what should they know? And why should they consider Tarleton, Tarleton State? yeah, I think um I think a couple things. One, it's a
2: quality education, and our education levels are only getting better. All of our degrees are getting better and better day by day. And again, they weren't poor to start off with, but this this school is booming. Um, when most universities are going through, they're just trying to hang on to get through what we've gone through as a world the last couple of years, Tarleton's booming in that environment, which has been amazing. Um, and two, we're in a small community. I mean, roughly forty thousand people. Uh, that just bleed purple, you know, it's a sports town. It's a safe town. Um, It takes me seven minutes to get to work, which I love. I joke, if you forget your cell phone, you go home and get it. You know, um, I don't worry about the safety of my wife or my daughter, Um, you know, and again, we're a highly competitive athletic program. You're in a city where everyone cares about our university. They have this thing here called Purple Thursdays. The entire city, including people at Walmart are wearing purple. Um, you know it's awesome i mean you go out and you bring a recruit in and they're like the whole town's wearing purple and then you tell them the story and then the last thing i'll tell you and this is something that i've learned in my short six months here um we have some of the coolest traditions you've ever seen uh, we have something called the purple poo which is the oldest uh, secret spirit organization in the country and i don't know if you know anything about it but please google it it's called the Purple Poo. You can Google it. Um, Purple
0: Poo? Is that it? <laughs> no, Purple P-O? Poo. Okay.
2: Yep. And they, these, so there's 10 of them and it's a secret organization. And I asked, like, when I was on my interview, they're telling me about this. And I'm like, people have to know who they are. And they're like, no, no one knows who they are. They dress head to toe. It's, it's a big secret. They show up to all the sporting events. They're the spirit group. They bring signs. They talk in a weird language. Um, but they lead the student chants. They do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, they're everywhere on campus, and they're celebs. Uh, they show up, and there's a line to take pictures with them, um, including my daughter. And um, they, yeah, they're at everything we do. It's going to be amazing. They're at our, they'll be at our first game. I promise you that next fall. Um, and I mean, we have some of the neat traditions like that that you just don't see at a lot of places, um, you know. And and it's 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 really neat. We have the largest bonfire in the state of Texas, which I got to attend. It was that, that one I
0: was aware of. That one I was aware of. That's it's, awesome.
2: uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. and what's really cool is I had a recruit in with her family, and and her dad's a firefighter, and he said I've never seen <laughs> like five thousand students just all acting great at this whole event at you know ten o'clock at night, and they're lighting a three-story fire up in the air, and I mean you can see it from miles and miles everywhere in the city. Um, so I mean, we it's just a really neat campus environment. Um, you know, I can tell you this. I, I chose this job. You know, I had a great job at the University of Wyoming. I was well taken care of there. Facilities, resources, you name it. Um, you know, a very competitive conference, as you know. I mean, Mount West yeah. is a tough conference. Absolutely. Um, this, this has been a blast. I'm I'm super excited for what the future here holds. You know, it's going to take time to build this. I know that. Um, but I'll tell you right now, our goal next fall is to win the conference championship, win the WAC championship, just like every other year will be. And if we continually do that, then we'll raise the bar, um, you know, but, but, but yeah, I'm, I, we're headed in the right direction. I can tell you that.
0: Thoughts on playing in the WAC?
2: You know, it's exciting. Um, I always said if I could move Laramie, Wyoming to Texas, that would be my dream job. And I feel like that's what we did. You know, I love the travel. I love going to see new places in different areas of the country and the WAC has that, you know, we go all the way from California to Seattle, to, you know chicago will be out next year but we're picking up the six you know we have six schools in texas and then you go to new mexico utah all over the place um are you far- all the
0: furthest are you all now the furthest east the most eastern team in in the way or what will no, be the? Line?
2: i think it would be either sfa or lamar would be the two uh, further okay. so okay. but again we're close you know but um next fall we'll have six teams in the state of texas so There will be a lot of easy trips, but there's also we're going to get on a plane and fly and go see different areas of the country, which is fun for kids. It's fun for coaches too. Let's be honest. Um, You know, those are those are where you make your memories and and things like that. So I'm excited, but people don't realize this. I mean, we had four teams, I think, with a week left in the season in the top 100 RPI. So I mean, it's a very good conference. It's a competitive conference, and the top is good. You know, those are good teams that are competitive. Um, You know, you look at, at some of the results. Grand Canyon beat Arizona. You know, Seattle tied Santa Clara, who was defending national champs early in the year. You know, so again, there's some pretty nice results in there that our conference has had. So it'll be a challenge. That's for sure to get up to the top. But, um, you know, I think we're ready for it. And I think, you know, we'll we'll get there. You know, I really do. I know, mean, I have faith and I'll brag a little bit. I've won a conference championship at every school I've been at as a coach. Um, in some places that are tough that people don't expect to win. You know, before North Dakota State became 12 or whatever time football champs and all that we were trying to make it and he won and we won a couple regular seasons and a conference tournament championship and went to win tied AM and in the national tournament in the first round um which i take full responsibility um we were one one we go to pks we were actually up three to one in penalty kicks and it's very hard to lose when you're up three to one yeah. And I turned to my associate coach and I said, we're going to win this thing. And he just gave me the dirtiest look. And I was
0: like, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. And of
2: course, we lost in the sixth round. So, um, yeah. so that one's my fault. But again, you know, people don't expect Wyoming to win conference championships, um, especially in women's soccer. And, and and we were able to do that with the group that we had there. So, so I feel confident in what we'll do here and what we'll build.
0: Yeah. So I know you, so you talked about the 21, right? Or is there maybe one or two or three maybe that you can kind of highlight um, from this recruiting class, uh, in particular, just kind of share with us, uh, what has, what has you and the coaching staff excited, obviously all of them, but maybe a couple that you can kind of highlight.
2: Yeah. Worst question you can take as a coach. I'll tell you right now. I know, um, I know. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think there's, there's groupings of recruits and I will say this, I think the group that committed right away, I have a special place for them because they're coming when I didn't know much about Tarleton and I'm learning and we're driving through campus on the little golf carts, and I'm like, I have no idea what building that is. And, you know, um, I feel so much more versed now. So I have a special place for that group because they truly bought in and they were like, this is where we want to be.
0: Yeah, giving um, that very first tour must have been fun, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thankfully, thankfully, Mackenzie Griffith grew up in Stephenville. So she was giving me the tour, um, if you want me to be honest with you. So that, I appreciated that from her. Um, you know, but we had that group and then, you know, after we got back from surf cup, there was quite a few from California. There was a group from Colorado that I already had some ties to, you know, and those are people that are choosing us and coming across the country, um, uh, choosing us. So again, those are, those are great recruits for us to get, um, you know, some chose us over some pretty good offers out there and some pretty good schools out there in the soccer landscape. Um, you know, and then you look at the transfers and those are, those are student athletes that they've seen other places and. Again, we still have building to do, you know, if you look at our facility right now, they're going to, you know, we're a year away from building a building that's going to have our locker room and all those types of things. So again, those are transfers that probably already have it, you know, um, that may only get half of their time or one year or two years in that new facility. Um, obviously, we get a new new field um, and all those amenities, but again, they're they're giving us that. And I think that's, that's pretty cool too, as well. Um, You know, I know around here, everybody's excited with the transfers and, and truly, I think they're going to be the leaders of our program, you know, and they're going to have a heavy weight to lift when they come in, when you have 16 freshmen, we got to make them grow up fairly quickly. Right. Um, And, you know, and we're going to put a lot of responsibility on those student athletes that are transferring in. So all of them, you know, I respect because they all, I told them that when I recruited them, you know, you're going to be leaders here, whether you like it or not, you're going to be leaders here, whether you were or not in your last program. so, so I have a, I have a great deal of respect for them and, and, and I think they're bought into that vision of what we want to do and where we want to go, you know, and, and, and to be honest, I don't, I don't like anything lacking in our program. You know, we were always top two in community service. We were always top two, maybe three in GPA at Wyoming within the different department or different sports teams there. So, um, you know, and to be honest, we were always top two or three in results. I felt like, so that's something I want to continue. and, and you know, we got to we got to catch up a little bit because some of the other sports are really, really kicking some butt right now. So I'm proud of them. But, you know, I'm like, slow down, give us a chance to get a team here and get going. So right. um, so I want to catch up and pull our weight and what's happening. here.
0: All right. So I'm not going to let you off that easy, coach. So uh, I love that answer, though. I appreciate that. Um, but how about this? Can you highlight for us maybe the very first recruit in Tarleton State history? How about that? The very first commit How about that?
2: Sure, it was Mackenzie Griffith from Houston, uh, place for Challenge down there, and um, she was she was born and raised here in Stephenville, like I said. So she was recruiting me before I even moved here, which was pretty hard to do because I think I accepted it and maybe a week later, maybe five days later, I was here. Um, you know, so uh, obviously got out to to see her play, and um, you know we got we got her wrapped up fairly quickly. But again, I, like I said, I mean she was somebody that was telling me kind of histories of Stephenville. Um, Thankfully, her dad's a high school football coach, so he's had some interactions with the football program and follows the athletic side of it very well. Um, and yeah, and they've, they've kind of they versed me for at least a couple of weeks on on what's going on here and how things work. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, yeah, was she the one that
0: brought you up to speed on the purple poo, or was that from the staff? Maybe.
2: <laughs> well, funny story. Okay, so uh, one of our uh, one of our administrators when I was interviewing. He was showing me around campus, and there's actually a road called Purple Poo Way that runs through campus. And so he's telling me the story of Purple Poo and all that stuff. And I'm dying laughing. And then he tells me, like, with a straight face, I married a poo. And I'm like, come on, you can't say that and expect me not to laugh. I'm like, you know, because <laughs> when you're on the outsider looking at I mean, it's funny. That's just the way it right. is. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, most of them are, I mean, we take it real serious here now. So, yeah. Um, but I, I get it if you're laughing and, and it's right.
0: great. Hey, it sounds um, like sounds like my kind of place. Well, I can tell you right now if you're ever if you're ever in San Antonio and you're visiting at my school, you'll blend right in with that purple, white and black cuz those are you know, those are our colors. So, you're welcome anytime, coach. So, all right. Hey, so, I love,
2: I love the purple and I'll tell you I got it. Sorry, I got stories for everything. I'm like, Yeah,
0: oh, no, what? go ahead, go ahead.
2: Um so I come down and, and my wife and I um, we got a little place on North Padre Island. Um, and my parents, my parents are down in Helotes, so they're not far from you. Oh, okay. And, um, and, uh, anyway, I come down, I interview and, and I, and you know, how it is. You fly in, you fly out, you're only here roughly 24 hours. And, uh, I get home and I'm putting my daughter to bed and my daughter never talks soccer. She wants to follow mom's footsteps. Mom was a cheerleader and, and dance and things like that. Um, and my daughter, after we said prayer, she's like, she asked the most random question. She said, dad, what color was your school when you played? And I said, we were purple. Why? And she said, you really need to get to a purple school. And I was like, wow. I think I interviewed on a Tuesday. I put her to bed on Wednesday and Thursday I was offered the job. So honestly, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty amazing experience. Meant to
0: be, huh? Meant to be. Yeah. Right. Yep. He is, uh, he is uh, Pete Quadrado, head women's soccer coach, Tarleton State uh, so coach, you've mentioned, you've talked, I know you guys have been very busy on the recruiting trail, obviously. Um, and definitely, uh, showcases on the recruiting front on the club side, kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Every college coach that I've been, uh, interviewing as of late that we've had on the podcast, I've asked them on their thoughts. Cause it's a big part of this podcast is Texas high school soccer, right? Their thoughts on that, their engagement level on that, or their, their thoughts and wanting to. Try to recruit that on some level. I get the showcase front, I get the club front, um, and because time is limited for all coaches, not just college coaches, but just kind of wanted to gauge your thoughts on Texas high school soccer.
2: Yeah, I think it's strong. You know, I um, believe it or not, up at Wyoming, we had a, a student athlete, a goalkeeper um, from Allie Mills, who who was Southlake Carroll, won a high school state championship. Um, I watched a ton of her high school video, obviously got to see her play at the club level too, um, you know, but with a goalkeeper, sometimes you can show up to a game and they may touch the ball four or five times and everything's routine, um, you know, so we spent a lot of time there watching South Lake Carroll because we we're working with Ally. So, um, so I have a little bit of experience with that. And right now, Stephenville High School is ranked number one in state, I believe in 4A. So, um, so have a lot of experience, obviously going to see them as many times as we can. We are limited with the rules, but we'll max out our, our, you know, our evals with those, with those student athletes. So, um, I think it's very strong. You know, I think it's very strong. It's, it's, um, obviously a lot of times you're going to see the hotbeds, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, the bigger cities, you know, usually have some hotbeds, but you can always find some diamonds in the rough or some sleepers out there as I call them too as well. And if you look at our recruiting class, you know, we've got student athletes from all over the place in the state of Texas. Um, so it's impressive. It's something we'll never overlook. You know, you'll probably see us at every high school state tournament, you know, round of eight, hopefully going forward. I know there's a couple other big events at that time too, as well. Um, but I don't underestimate it. Um, it's something that we've always done when I was at Wyoming, we were at the Colorado state tournaments all the time. When I was at North Dakota state, Minnesota is a big hotbed there. We're at the Minneapolis state or Minnesota state championships all the time. Um, I don't think there's a year I've ever missed those. So um, we'll put in our time with that too, as well. Obviously the two most limited resources we have are time and money, you know, Um, and, and, and the time is really the bigger issue with it. And the fact that there's only two of us right now, which is great, but there's still only two of us trying to, trying to cover a lot of ground right right now. So, um, and believe it or not, I mean, even turning to 23s and I feel like we're a little behind in that right now. And, we've mm-hmm. turned the page in that kind of wrapping up our 2022s and hitting our 23s. So it's a never ending thing, but I'll tell you this. I mean, some of my best players came from, from smaller cities and, you know, actually the girl that scored the goal in the one, one tie with AM didn't play for a main club out of Minnesota. And we, we picked her up out of a high school team um, and she, she scored a great goal her senior year against, you know, Texas AM in the first round of the national tournament. Um, and that's a, I believe that was the U-23 national team keeper in goal, and she scored from 20 yards out. So, I mean, again, wherever there's a good player, I mean, we'll, right. we'll do our best to find them. And, you know, if obviously we start with tape, but from there we try to make it out and see them play in person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you kind of – and that's kind of why I asked that too is because you kind of sit there in a nice little kind of mini hotbed right there, right where you are and right, right around you uh, in terms of just these uh, – right. So you, I know you know that. Um, but uh, but, you know, one of the big charges in terms of the podcast has been is trying to uh, facilitate and help kind of, you know, help help champion those those relationships for the between high school coaches as well and college coaches and uh, and high school coaches, you know, doing our job on our end as far as advocating for, our you know, for our athletes, for our student athletes um, and being able to reach out to coaches as well. Um, so, so yeah, no, I'm glad to hear. And that's one of the things I also mentioned that because over the course of the, the pandemic, I've noticed that so many more contrary to the, uh, the myth, I guess, right. Or, or the wide held belief or opinion, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, just college coaches don't recruit high school, right? They're not at high school games. Uh, over the course of the pandemic, you've really seen what I would call a resurgence, for lack of better words, but they're out there. They're out there. And and I I harp on that so this way student-athletes and parents can understand that you do have college coaches that are putting in that work.
2: Well, and believe it or not, even if we're not at your game, we're watching the tapes and we get it, you know. And that's, yeah, there's sometimes we'll watch a tape and say, you know, no, and we're not going to go to that game. But there's times where we watch a tape and the student-athlete looks great. You do some homework, or stats are good. You maybe she's an all-conference or all-area player. We're going to do our best to get out and see those those student athletes play. Um, I think a great way to start is tape. But I'll tell you this too: we've seen all twenty-one of our, those those student athletes that have signed with us. We've seen them all play in person, you know. So and and again, there's so many camps. There's so many clinics. There's so many ID things. There's so many high school. I mean, you can. There's a million ways to be seen. There really is. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, it does start that way. The other thing that we have to be careful that I've noticed, and I don't know if people are, have told you this or not, but you know, I warned Rex when he first started with us, Is a lot of, a lot of tapes too. You can see that they've taken the the speed of the tape when they send it to you and turn it up a little bit. And when the ball is bouncing like that really fast, you can kind of figure out like, okay, people are messing with the tapes too, as well. And we've started to see a lot more of that over really? COVID as well, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so sure. it, it, it's a, that's why we want to see him play in person. Um, but again, it's a great way to start.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as we start transitioning here, coach, what would you, what can we, what can we expect from Tarleton state this fall in year one?
2: You know, I think we'll compete. We won't be the deepest team in the country. I'll tell you that. Um, but I want to be competitive in every game. I don't care if we're playing the best team on our schedule, the, the, maybe the, the least ranked team on our schedule. Um, I want to be competitive in every game. And if you're competitive in every game, you're going to win some of those games. Um, you know, my style, I guess, if you want to call it that every recruit asks that, what's your philosophy style, you know, is whatever we, whatever we need to do to win the game is what we're going to do. If that means change formation, if that means change how we're playing, you know, I'm a big EPO fan. Arsenal's my team. Um, so you know, and I remember.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Fifty Fifty podcast, Coach. It, it's been great having you on. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's an ender right Arsenal. No, I'm just putting. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's,
2: well, and it's okay because Rex is a Crystal Palace fan, and I've oh, never man. met anyone that is a Crystal Palace fan. Who there's says an, that? There's
0: an honest man right there. <laughs> and today they
2: tied. They tied Man City. So I'm I like- saw that.
0: I saw that. I actually. It's funny you mention that because I actually about maybe 10 minutes before we jumped on, uh, I text that to so my office mate, who's our assistant AD and head baseball coach. He's an Arsenal guy. So I sent him the four minute, uh, right, the four minute clip of that uh, with Man City just because it's because, you know, you got Liverpool and, and Arsenal, you know, coming up. And I'm a, I'm a Liverpool guy. So oh, I said, oh, things things just got interesting here. So. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Anyway, go go continue, Coach. I'm sorry.
2: No, you're good. Uh, for me, really, the way we'll play is whatever it's going to take to win the game. And, I, and I'll and i tell a story. I mean, I'm a storyteller, but um, and I won't use the name of the team, but we played a team. We beat them 2-0 my second year at Wyoming. Might've, I think it was my second year. It might have been my first. But anyway, we beat them 2-0 in the regular season. We go play them in the conference tournament two weeks later. And it was super easy tactics, right? 4-3-3 versus 4 3 not a whole lot of real complicated stuff for our teams. And um, we turn around, we play them in the conference tournament, and they came out in a 3-6-1. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it since then. A box midfield, two wide midfielders, but kind of tucked in. And we're trying to play pretty soccer through the midfield. And I'm constantly just yelling at our team, serve the ball over the top. Like, we're 3v3, quit trying to play pretty soccer. Um, And to be honest, they should have been beating us at halftime. We got lucky that we got out of the half 0-0. And I kind of laid into our team a little bit at halftime. Like, if you can't adjust, we're done. We might as well go home today. This game's going to end with them beating us. And thankfully, and literally, I'm like, here's your tactics. Kick the ball far and high, you know, and we're going to get on the end of something. We're going to – there's going to – we'll play 3v3 all day up top, you know, but we got to get them the ball. Right. And thankfully, 10 minutes in the second half, we're up 2 nothing. We win the game 2-0. So whatever the tactics take um, – Another quick story. We come down to play Baylor since we're in Texas. I can tell this story. And since Paul's not there anymore, I can tell you this too. Um, But I remember, I think at the time, they were ranked eighth in the country. And I'm like, we're going to take a bunch. And as you know, living in the mountains, we're going to take a bunch of mountain girls that have never seen 100-degree temperatures, go play in Waco, Texas in August against the eighth. In August. In August. And after we scouted all the tape, my whole staff agreed the best thing for us to do is to switch to a three, four, three, to try to stop bathing. And I'm like, we're going to go do that in a hundred and some degree heat with girls that have no idea what's about to hit them and against a top 10 team in the country. And long story short, it was, a, it was my longest Tuesday tactics meeting with my staff before training that week. So anyway, we agreed, we're going there to win. We're not going there to bunker and lose one, nothing or two, nothing. And I'll skip ahead. In warmups, we're sit I sit down on the bench and I like to sit between my assistants because I just like to hear the chatter. And I whispered to one of my assistants, we're either gonna give up seven goals today or we're gonna win this damn thing. Sorry. Um and long story short, we lost in double overtime, but our best player, who was an all-American to Colorado, transferred in, um, high school all American, had as a breakaway and their keeper made a huge one-on-one save. Oh. And and we were there, but we were there to win the game. And to be honest, yeah. even as a coach, I learned a lot that day. And that was my 12th 10th year as a head coach and and we used that as a springboard for that season about mm-hmm. one look what we did you know two this sometimes you just got to trust what you know is right as a coach and as players and all that cuz our players were like why didn't we just stick with what you know and, and we're going they were they, they're not dumb they're like we're going to go play in 100 degree heat against a top 10 team with three in the back so again that's that's my style whatever it takes to win the game right. I mean I've played five backs I've played I prefer 433 I would love to do that but you know whatever the game needs is what we're going to do um and again as an Arsenal fan I've seen them play three different systems in 8 days you know um and I think that that is the professional way you know right. um it is that's their it's our job to do the tactics it's their job to execute it's our job to teach them and work with them to make sure answer the questions and get them there as much as we can but yeah, yeah I mean I, I'm not going to change something that isn't broken and you know I've been successful doing it that way
0: yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Final question here, coach, before we wrap up our first segment, i um, going to put you on the spot here. So finish this sentence. The 2022 season will be a success if.
2: Ooh, that's a good one. I've never even thought of that. You know, I want to see a constant improvement. Um, I want to see us competing every single game, competing and improving. Um, and I think if we can do that, I think that will be a successful season for us. Um, And I think we'll win a lot of games. I really do. I think we'll surprise some people. Um, I'm excited. I know we got to stay healthy. We don't have a ton of depth. As I mentioned, I'm trying to keep our roster small this first year because we need to grow as we go as well. So, um, so that's on purpose. Um, It'll be a bigger roster in 23. Um, But, but yeah, I think if we're consistently improving on the field and our effort is consistently there and battling every single game, we're going to be in games and we're going to win some games, you know, um, and the only thing that, I mean, I always say excuses are for, for the losing team, you know, um, we can use it as an excuse, you know, that we're a first year program, all this stuff, but that's, guess what, if we win a game, we're not going to be saying it. So, um, so why can't we compete in every, week? why can't we surprise some people and why can't we finish wherever we want to finish in the table? You know, I think, um, I think those are goals that we should have, you know, and from there we'll adjust as we go. You know, we'll adjust as we go and as necessary. But shoot, I, I why can't we win her in our first year? I mean, that's how they make movies in Hollywood, and ninety percent of them are based off of uh, are based off of true stories. You know, so why can't we tell that story? Right. so
0: Awesome awesome all right coach well hey stick around I know uh, you're gonna you're gonna be right back with us after this break we get to pick on you a little bit have some fun ask you some some random off- the-wall questions and for our listeners don't go anywhere we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors
1: College Promoters USA founded and located in San Antonio operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional local and face-to-face approach to area high school student athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes.
0: All right, and we're back with Coach Pete Cuadrado, the Head women's soccer coach at Tarleton State. All right, coach. It is counterattack time. We get to have some fun. I know uh, you're not. We didn't prep you whatsoever, so you have no idea what's coming. You ready to go? Let's do it. All right, that's what I like to hear. All right, so these now these apply to you again as a coach, not as a player. Okay, so uh, any training session or really game day, uh, game day uh, superstitions or rituals.
2: You know, I always say a prayer during the national anthem. That's probably a big one. I think that's really it. Um, Yeah, that's probably it. Oh, and then I—I'll typically I will. We have our little books that we write our notes in and stuff. Yeah. I usually write KIP at the top, just keep it positive, for there myself more than anything.
0: All right. Awesome. Those <laughs> wouldn't. Ha- yeah, those wouldn't happen to be a uh, Duke brand uh books, would they? By chance? Just a plug. Uh, there
2: they yeah, might be yeah. I've probably bounced around. Usually whatever I get free at these tournaments I just try to use them so.
0: I ah, you go. <laughs> I feel, I was about to say I figure Rex is probably all over that one for you so. Yeah, so. All right, so next one. Strangest thing in your refrigerator right now. Um
2: strangest thing in there. Boy, I don't have a ton of strange. My wife eats super healthy. I do when I'm in town, but on the road I do not. Um yeah. Shoot, great question. Yeah, I got nothing. Lemon juice, lime juice. Uh probably some pancakes and a Ziploc that we made. All right. Okay. yeah, we're kind of we're pretty plain when it comes to food.
0: Okay. All right. Last book <laughs> not you read. Lots What's that? of help due to my work. Okay. Of- gotcha. All right. No, not not a problem there. Uh last book you read or book you are currently reading?
2: Um My favorite book is, uh, the, the Carolina way I've read that multiple, multiple times, Dean Smith book. Um, the last one I read front to back is Jeff Jansen's, the captain's guide to leadership. Uh, I usually do that with the captains, try to kind of make them, um, every couple of years we'll go through that one. I think that's a really good one. And then I just started one shooting. Let me see what the name of it is. Sorry. I don't think you're supposed to do this on a podcast. Oh
0: No, you're good. You're good. That's why we ask.
2: Uh, the Bill Walsh one. I got given this one and I just started it. So the score takes care of itself.
0: Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, all right. So you kind of outed yourself. I might know where you might be going with this when you outed yourself on your, your favorite team, but I like, I like to ask, I like to change it up a little bit. Your least favorite soccer team.
2: Oh gosh, man. United, you know, it's like the, it's, It's like the New York Yankees, you know, and all these people that are like, "That's my favorite team." It's like, come on, you can't pick them, you know. It's like betting on Tom Brady. Oh yeah, I really like that. You know what I mean? Um, It's just just, when
0: I had just when I had given up on you with Arsenal piece, you redeemed yourself, Coach. I appreciate. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I you're pre you're preaching you're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: what's the shirt say? My two favorite teams are Arsenal and whoever's playing Man U.
0: There you go. (laughs) I thought maybe you might go. You know that. The uh, that Tottenham route, maybe. No, it's Man
2: U. I've had too many assistants in the past that are Man U fans, and okay. of course, ninety percent of the time they finish ahead of us in the table, and I just can't handle it. It's well, they are the New York Yankees of, of soccer. Right, so.
0: right. Okay, so next one. This one's a little. This one's a little deeper here. Um, you are appointed the soccer czar in America. Okay, today, and. Tomorrow, what is the first agenda item that tomorrow that you would change in soccer in America? First thing you would change tomorrow?
2: The pay-for-play model. You know, I, I wish it wasn't the way it is. Um, you know, I wish every level was free, um, at the youth level. You know, I wish there there was not those boundaries. I know on the on the men on the boys, I guess boys, men's side, you know, they're getting to a lot of these free academies. I think that's awesome. I wish there was a way to do that on the women's side. Um you know, it's a shame that families spend so much money and maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but spend that, you know, um, for, for soccer, it's an expensive sport to play and it shouldn't be that way. Um, you know, I, I would, yeah, that'd be the one thing I would change if I had my
0: way. I'll never forget one of my instructors. I won't mention his name, but when I was going through, I believe, oh man, I can't, I can't remember if it was the national youth or my C C license at the time. Uh, but, i I'll never forget when we were this came up and we we're talking about how in this country, how we've we've taken one of the sports that's the least expensive to play. And we've made it one of the most expensive to play. So that has always stuck with me. That has always. I don't get
2: invited to do a lot of college talks because at one of them, I, I flat out told somebody that I was asking the question. I said, look, if you want a full ride, take every dime that you would have spent. On soccer cleats insurance hotels and my mom did it so i'm a, I'm a victim of it as well or, or whatever i'm a contributor of it um you know hotels fees this that everything i mean medical bills you know and, and throw it in an interest-bearing account when your kid's about five yeah. years old and yeah. you'll be able to afford probably 40 percent, 50 percent of the schools in the country yeah. so um that i wish we could find a way to change it i really do
0: yeah okay who would play you in a movie
2: Nah, um, I say Matthew McConaughey. Um, and hopefully it's that movie I was talking about earlier where a first year program goes on, wins conference, national championship, you know, um, I'll take that movie. I would love it. Um, and I think the only reason I say him is cause I know my wife thinks he's super hot. So I could be old Matthew McConaughey, not the new, one, apparently as I've been corrected a few times. All so right. uh, okay. yes, yes. i go that okay.
0: way. Okay. Uh, bucket list destination place place you you and the family want to go before it's all uh before it's all said and done
2: yeah i've been super blessed been to europe done that um recruiting i've been to portugal the algarve cup with the women's national team and italy in that area i've been to australia more times than i could count recruiting um, i've been blessed all those ways the one area of the world i've really never been to is asia and i would love to see some of those areas some of those countries mm. um, especially the ones on the southern coast I think that would be really cool. Um, there's a guy here that was in the military and was on a boat that went to Dubai and some co- cool places like that that I think would be really neat to right. visit. So awesome. somewhere in that area. I don't really have one specific picked out. Right, but. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think of Asia, I think it was it Thailand, Southern Thailand. I think of that, that area where Pan, you're familiar with the story of uh, Pony FC, mm-hmm. the, the group that came were playing, they basically built their field on a raft, almost. yeah, that's like a place I would love to see. Um, all right, so, in three words, why did you become a coach? You could, you um, could boil that down to three words.
2: I would say com- like uh, I would say competitiveness, super competitive. Um, I would say team, love being a part of a team um and i would say uh college life i love the college lifestyle i love being a part of you know when you're in college you're a part of this big athletic department you know um i you know today we had a meeting with you know the tennis coach was in there our new men's golf coach was in there and it was fun hearing their ideas as well i love being a part of that big family yeah, yeah. um you can't beat that you just can't beat it Awesome.
0: All right, so hidden talent—any secret talents there that maybe not too many people know about you?
2: Uh, it used to be a hidden talent, probably. Um, my first year in college, I played tennis and soccer, and um, oh. yes, and I wasn't very good at tennis, and I knew I should stick with soccer after that. And it was just, it was too much. So yeah. I love tennis. It, it it gave me a different perspective because. You go to blame the mistake on somebody, you look to your right and your left, and there ain't anybody there except for you in tennis. So you kind of learn that it's on you, um, which was very different to, to play an individual sport and a team sport. Right, right. Um, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed like it. was a, Yeah, and I obviously, I grew. I played it both growing up. Um, I played a ton of sports actually growing up, but I was, I was thankful enough to be able to play both of those in college. But yeah, I played tennis my freshman year as well um way better at soccer way more passion for soccer knew i wanted to coach um so yeah yeah i guess that's one other than that man i don't have time for a whole lot of other stuff <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> all right so um if not if not a soccer coach you would have been a what
2: airline pilot i like flying oh, i like cool. traveling nice Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so you see, look forward to all those recruiting trips trip, Yeah. so you look forward to all those recruiting trips? Those you know, I, I look forward
2: oh, to sparks? them when they're not back to back to back to back.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: okay. You know, when I got married, I was definitely a workaholic. Um, long time ago, I beat that. Um, when I got married, I had to promise my wife three things. One, I would never sleep at the office again, which I did at times back in my single days, um, especially when you're just grinding, preseason, right. et cetera. Right. Um, two, we'd never have internet at our house, which I still don't have. Um, and three, in, in the out of season, if I've been gone weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend, mm-hmm. I got to find a way to send an assistant to have one of those and, mm-hmm. and she'll pull me back in. Um, right. and, I, and now I, I, I'm good with that. Honestly, that was 20 years ago. But, um, but yeah, I enjoy the traveling. Um, I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, it does get tiresome when it's, you know, when they backed up DA and ECL back to back and I'd go to Australia at that same time. I mean, there was a time where I'd be 15 during that June spell. I was on the road 15 days in a row. You're tired, you know, and you're waking up and you don't know what city you're in. I'll never forget. I get the North Dakota state job and I flew to San Antonio to watch. And I, I made a point to go watch every, every person on the team and everybody that signed play and, or at least meet with them. And I flew to San Antonio, met with someone, maybe watched them play. I don't remember. I think I went to Seattle and then I think I was in either Edmonton or Calgary and my assistant had gone to two different cities and he was in the opposite city. We drove, we had lunch together um, and, uh, and, or excuse me, had dinner together, slept in a hotel in, in the middle. And then he, the next morning we woke up and he had to fly back to train um, a group that a camp or something we were doing. So he had to hit the road and I'll never forget. We wake up and he's like, what city are we in? And I, I'm like, I have no idea. And I remember sliding open the curtains. And I'm like, oh, we're in Edmonton. And and I was like, oh, okay. And he had to fly out that day, and I was still there recruiting. So wow. um so those days get long. Or to be honest, when right. you fly to Australia, it, it kicks your butt coming back. Right. Yeah. So
0: yeah, you sound yeah, you sound like a you sound like a military guy there. You have no idea what, what city you're waking up in. Yeah. Uh airline pilot, that's pretty awesome. I would have uh I, I would have I wouldn't I would not have guessed that. So I know for me, people used to always crack jokes, you know, because I used to always tell them it's like, hey, in the Air Force, only about one percent of the Air Force generally flies, right? And mine, I used to always crack jokes because I spent all my time jumping out of them, not <laughs> not really not flying in them very long, you know. So other than when we were making those long trips overseas, obviously. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty awesome though. That's that's a first. Wow. Definitely having have, I haven't had an airline pilot answer before. That's a first.
2: Now here's a fun fact. My wife did four years in the air force. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, so she's a, she's a vet, um, all oh, five, awesome. 200 pounds of her. So that's awesome. Oh, um, that's awesome. Which I always joke, like, what were you going to do if we went to work? She's tiny. <laughs> so, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, we'll be sure to thank her uh, on our behalf. Thank her for, uh, for her service. So we appreciate that. Um, Last one for you, coach. So this one's very deep, philosophical, reflective. I usually this is the one I've been asking as of late to most coaches is a lesson learned that resonates with you from the pandemic.
2: Um, You know, I think it. it, you always know these things as coaches, but I think it's really highlighted um, that everybody's going through something, you know, Um, and. You know, I, that's one thing that I've tried to instill, um, even with Rex as well. And, and with anybody that I touch is everybody's going through something and, and don't forget. I mean, none of, you know, it, it, it was hard on our student athletes. It really was. Um, and man, it, it, shoot, if I get into it, it'll tear me up just thinking about it the day that we, we took their season away. Cause my team wanted to play, um, you know, my team wanted to play. We were one of the last conferences to cancel, um, during the pandemic, um, and it was crushing to them, but, uh, you know, I'll tell you a story. I, I was training and, and I won't tell you the student athletes name, but we were training somebody and I mean, it was a, it was a young player on our team and I kind of was riding her this practice because we had been over this. And afterwards I, I, I pull her aside and I say, listen, I said, um, I, I said, I, I told her, I said, you know, Hey, I was on you too much today and I'm sorry. And I told her that, and I said, "But we also got to go from A to B to C. We can't work on what we worked on last week and then revert back to it. You know, you you fixed it, and now we're going back there. Like we can't do that. Your whole career." And and she's like, "No problem, coach. No problem, coach." And I was like, "No, no, no. It is. I, I apologize. I, I was on you too much today, and that that's not fair to you." And I said, "Now apologize in front of the whole team if you want me to." And she said, "No." And I said, "Sum up." And she said, "Yeah." She said, "Last night my my best friend died in a car accident." and and i'll never forget that and i was like man like what was i doing um right, right. and to be honest i told her i'm like tell me i'm like yeah give yeah. me a, you know give me a chance you know but she was a young freshman didn't want to you know didn't want to upset anything or you know and and to this day i'll never forget that and i'll never forget that for my entire life and yeah. and i think that you know that that came out in the pandemic everybody was going through something it touched everybody nobody got away from that unscathed you know, um, whether it was you personally, or, or a family member, or, or just somebody you know. You know, um, so I think that's that's something that you know, life is more important than a game. Even though we, you know, it's a children's game that adults we make it complicated. Um, you know, and yeah. you know, let's you know, let's not get too far away from that. Um, you know, I, I I want our student athletes to have fun. You know, they're not trying to make a mistake if they make a mistake in a game. You know, and that that's one thing that I, I stress to people, um, you know, is don't forget, we're all on the same team. We wear the same logos with our own student athletes. So um, so that's probably one thing I think that was highlighted. You always knew that as a coach, but it really hit home with me during those two years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because a little bit more of a somber note, but it actually came up in our last episode as well with you know coach uh, coach Keaton from Texas Tech about the the importance of checking in on one another and the just kind of you hit on it there as far as sometimes you got you have people that have things going on that you just don't know about and that was kind of recently highlighted with i know the the news that rocked the college soccer world right with the passing of Katie Meyer the uh, you know Stanford Stanford goalkeeper standout goalkeeper um so yeah it's I'm very glad you mentioned that because it's it's important and I think in the in the day-to-day grind you know as coaches we know that right it's it's our people first no matter what but I think in the day-to-day grind sometimes we just it's real easy to sometimes miss some of those signals right that might be right in front of us so yeah yeah couldn't couldn't agree with you more well said coach so well coach did-
2: relationship I think the biggest thing too is try to have a relationship with your student athletes that at least their friends can maybe tip you off on something, you know, and you do this long enough, you're going to see it all from all different areas. You know, Um, I think that's something that's all, that's helped me as well is trying to develop even a better relationship with the captains, you know, or we develop a leadership committee, which is even another group outside of captains that we kind of call our future captains. You know, Um, if we can have relationships, like relationships with them um, you can talk freely about like, Hey, so and so seems a little off. Can you guys check on her? Um, and I think that that goes a long ways. If you can develop that, you can't lead out of fear anymore, man. That's that's how it was done back in my day as a player. Is the coach was the common enemy, which brought your team together. <laughs> you know, um, that's what we sat around complaining about. Not that that still doesn't happen, but you know, you've got to have those relationships that they know they can they can confide in you right. with those things that they may need help with.
0: Yeah, for sure. So he is P Cuadrado, the head women's soccer coach of the newest Division 1 program, the Tarleton Tarleton State Tarleton State Texans. Sorry about that. Um coach, this has been awesome. This has been great. Have loved having you on. Uh before we wrap up here and let you go, uh any final final thoughts, anything you'd like to share uh share with our listeners?
2: No, I appreciate you having me. I know um we don't have the the big stories of Tarleton yet, but they're, they're, they're coming, you know, and, and, um, yeah, just make sure you bring us back once we have some good stories to share. I'd love to do that.
0: Telling you there's going to be now that you've been on, on the pod, you know, there's, there's going to be some hardware back there. Next time we have you on, I, I can feel it. I can feel it. So Hey, I'm in, I'm
2: all about that. Let's do it.
0: All right. Awesome. So yeah, this has been great. Have, you know, wish, you know, wish you and your program, obviously your coaching staff, everybody there, um, your support staff wishing you all the absolute best. Really excited to to follow you guys closely and see see how it goes year one, because because you know it's you know that I I'm always reminded, especially with the, with with brand a brand new program, right? You can I can only imagine how I I think of the visual that comes to mind is that uh, that depiction of what people think success is like, right? That one straight vertical line. Versus what it really is, is this big, messy line all over the place, kind of trending in the upward direction. So, um, so yeah, it'll have it'll have its peaks, it'll have its valleys, uh, but I have no doubt that you'll have them uh, head in the right direction, Coach. So, uh, we really appreciate you. Wish you your uh, your coaching staff, your program, the absolute best, and look forward to having you here uh, again in the future.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you, and don't make fun of us if you see our jerseys with the little "Hello, my name is." for the first game and we just <laughs> throw them in there, so. we I'm going to
0: be, uh, be looking for that. I'm going to be looking for that. So awesome. And again, for our listeners, thank you so much uh, for, for your support. Again, you're the reason why we do it uh, continue to do what you're doing, spreading the word about the podcast. Again, you can now find us on all the uh, major podcast platforms, the audio version, all of our audio uh, podcasts have been migrated over going back to when we started in December of 2020. now so get out there please please like rate subscribe uh give your reviews we appreciate it i know uh i know coach guadralo will be a he'll be a hardcore 50 50 podcast listener going forward right so i know we can count on him so awesome so again listeners thank you for our supporters uh coach guadralo your staff good luck wish you the absolute best and until the next time keep downloading and keep listening you've been listening to the 50 50 podcast powered by college promoters usa help us continue to grow by liking rating and subscribing on all major podcast platforms and don't forget to follow us on twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod on instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast as well as on youtube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast until the next time keep downloading and keep listening